and I, for one, was inspired by this movie. With this movie's help, I have finally crafted the perfect opening. Completely original, not at all harkening back to something else that's instantly rememberable and recognizable. A full-blown original opening. Are you ready? I, I'm a little scared at this point. I don't, don't be. Ready? Uh, okay. Yes, and. From the day we started this podcast, our thinking became so critical. There's more to see than what's on the screen. More to say, so we needed a pal. There's far too much for one podcaster. More to critique than could be done by just one. But if the sun rises high, we'll be here to sigh at remakes that just won't leave it alone. It's the circle of film, and it echoes all to shot for shots and retreads. To nostalgia's call Till film finds its place With originality It's the circle The circle of film Title card She's Elizabeth. He's Aaron. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. Holy shit. I wrote that on the way home. In eight minutes, I cranked that bad boy out. See, Disney, I can do it too. Paycheck, please. My God. I had no earthly idea that was coming. <laughs> like, we might have to, like, put that out somewhere. That was inspired. Because, <laughs> you know, Aaron... Uh, I bet that not a single other review of this film has done a parody of that opening. I bet no one has. I bet no, no one does it. No, no, I bet no one on earth has ever done that. Did you like that? I mean, I wrote that. I mean, no. And the, the thing is, is you weren't even like practicing the the harmony or anything like that. You you nailed it first take. <laughs> like I had no earthly idea this was coming, and you still you nailed that. I could shit. see in your eye. You thought, oh, she just did the first verse. Oh, she's the second verse. Oh, we're going all the way with this. Like I'm letting I'm letting you roll. I'm letting you dig your own grave, but you didn't dig. You just flew high. You soared. I'm just and I watched you go. I, you were like the the Hawkman <laughs> from Flash Gordon and I'm just like letting you fly away like goodbye. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. I have a great life. <laughs> if you want to pay us for my great singing abilities, you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash marriage the idea. How, how is that not worth some money, people? Good God! If you want to tell me that it was mm, a bit derivative, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash married to the idea. And if you'd like to email us, married to the idea reviews at gmail.com or our website, married to the idea .com, because it is finally the end of the summer of Disney. And I could not put it off any longer. I drug my heels the entire way, and yet. We went to go see The Lion King. Yeah, I finally made her go and watch it.
we had been talking about this and we knew that this was going to be, this was one of the original ideas that we knew this was coming out. Like, Oh, we're going to have to go watch all this and we're going to just have, how to see how terrible it was. And then everyone else watched how terrible it was. And we're like, maybe we hold off on this. Maybe we watch other things first. I was really just hoping you would forget that it was there and we could just forget that it was there entirely and, and pretend that there never was a remake. And John Oliver and Beyonce never were in a movie together, and life would go on, and... It would be the circle of life. Here's the thing. I was so certain I didn't have to watch this movie to talk about my critiques. I still say so, but now I have more complaints, so thank you for that movie. That's just really great of you. Super swell. Well, before we jump into all those complaints and more... Uh, today's show is brought to you uh, by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea and browse the unmet selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea. So, um, I also want to give a shout out to all of my friends who always sing Disney songs with me, which prepared me for this moment. I mean, that's... That's a, few, a select few, but including your husband. Including my husband. Thank you. Without him, wouldn't be able to do it. Well, but we definitely have some very specific friends who love to sing Disney with us. I hope we all have those friends and parents and if, children. I mean, if they like to sing, if you yourself like to sing Disney songs, that you have at least one friend that likes to sing Disney songs with you. Uh-huh. I, uh huh. I I have terrible news though. We finally hit uh, we finally hit peak Disney problem. There are pre-Kers who have never seen the original Lion King. Well, that's that's their parents' fault. It's not their <laughs> fault. It's their parents' fault for not showing them the original and then this. <laughs> or not showing them this and then saying, okay, would you like to see this in cartoon form? Interestingly enough, they hadn't seen the new one either. And so I'm wondering if oh. just Disney has played its hand too much now. Oh, yeah, 100%. Now it's, we'll show you nothing from Disney. Because we could show you anything. You show you so much. We're waiting until Disney Plus comes around, and then... <sighs> Aren't we all? I can't wait until the, that statement is uh, old hat, and like, from a, a year from now, we're like, oh, oh, Disney Plus hadn't come out yet, with three other uh, streaming services along the way. <laughs> we all have the VHS collections. I'm telling you, those DVDs and Blu-rays are going to start becoming collector's items, too, because once they have Plus, there's no need to release it on DVD anymore. Back in the vault it goes. Bye. Bye, good movies. Kind of. Pay us 12 bucks a month, and then maybe we'll let you borrow them. Yeah, but 12 bucks a month for three different services all at once. And And you're talking like a stockholder, and I really can't have that here. I'm not talking about a stockholder. I'm talking about someone who just absolutely destroys media on a daily basis. That is very true. You are a consumer. I am am an over-consumer, and I I am part of the problem. (laughs) My name is Aaron, and I I have a problem, so (laughs) I, I do not deny it. Should we... Start positive. Um, because we all know new bad uh, original good. Should we? Should we just like try to make people feel like we're somewhat fair and balanced? And sure. Okay. Um, okay. So, John Favreau sure made some realistic looking fake animals. Just just the realest fake animals one could hope for. I mean, stellar job, I John. I thought you said we're gonna start positive. No, I mean it's true. Like they are very real looking. Like. They are. They look just like a real lion. They look just like a real meerkat. Like if that's what you were going for, which was too. But that's my also, understanding. What the director said. The director said they were too 
humanistic in Jungle Book. Scratch that. They are all animal now. That is what we're doing. I think he achieved his vision. They are real fake animals. Yeah, but that pulled away from the movie. This is we're talking about. We're talking about compliments. The CGI artists. I I, I don't (laughs) think that's a compliment, so... Well, how about this, Aaron? Every compliment is going to be a backhanded compliment, so just get used to that. Let's roll forward. Okay, then I think that might be best safe for later, Uh, then. The the, the music is good, (laughs) except when it's not. Except when they decide to Mariah Carey and riff over everything. Um... The lines are good when they're the lines from the original. And boy, James Earl Jones just... Man, I don't feel like he phoned it in, but... Easiest gig in the world for James Earl Jones. Just, James, I know you said these lines about mm, two decades ago. Here they are again. Go for it. I've smoked about 200,000 more cigarettes. (laughs) I can't say these lines with the same kind of ferocity. I'm ready. I got this, guys. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Simba. Simba. Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> no, hold on. I'm not there yet. Okay. I, there. That's some, the, deep, that's some deep comedy right there. If the movie's intent was to look realistic, like, Aces computers couldn't do that even a couple years ago. Like it all looked very real, National Geographic level of film documentary. And you can see here the male lion is fighting for his place on the throne. Yeah, like very much so. Like if, if that's what you're going for, and I have to believe that's what they were going for. I, I I mean yeah, but is that the right direction? Well, that's that's a negative, Aaron. We're in compliment town right ah, now. Okay. Um. <laughs> Okay, here's a compliment, and I'm actually surprised that I get to give this. Beyonce was not the worst voice actor actress in this. Aaron hates Beyonce. I do not care for Beyonce. I hates. thought she was going to be on the. Oh no, Simba! Wait, <laughs> we have to go back. Oh no, Scar has t- taken over. But Simba. Don't you know it's your rap? I th- seriously thought that's what was going to happen. And now she wasn't the most exciting voice out there, but she definitely exceeded my expectations. Mm-hmm. Very cool to have a largely African American cast, cast of color behind this movie. I would say the white people were the side characters. Yes. The Definitely so. John Oliver, Billy Eichner, Eichner and um, Seth, Seth Rogen. Well, then we have to say that it was John Oliver and John Oliver alone who made that movie enjoyable. Billy Eichner. He also did a very and good Seth job. Rogen. Uh, the, the three white, the three white guys, uh, the three side characters the three were hilarious. The side humor. Yeah, but in but not to deter from the main characters, they no. were still enjoyable. To an extent. Now, did the bird that was behind John Oliver's voice look like he was actually delivering those lines? No. Well, he. But looked... the voice was very good. Yeah. I. I... Okay. So staying in compliment <laughs> town. Um. Let's see. Some of the music changes actually worked for this. Or did I? No. Keep going. I'm just fiercely making a note to bring up later. Okay. Go on. <laughs> There, there was some interesting little touches here and there that I thought kind of worked. Um, 
I'm, 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 I'm running, oh, yeah, we're, out, we're I'm running out of steam already. We're nearing the on-ramp for Negativeville. Um, yeah. Um, is there anything else? I, I, I mean, the thing is, we're still going to give compliments even when we trash this thing. We're not even trash it. But, but I think we've said only, all the compliments that you're I mean, going the to big, hear later. The big compliments. Um, there, okay, there's a couple big compliments that I do want to give. With the writing and or directing, they changed a big thing with the story and say that Simba, it's it's a lot more clear that Simba blames himself because he was trying to perfect his roar in the gorge. In the movie, or in the original cartoon, they implied it. And it was hard to understand it, but you still got it if you... Once you got it, you got it. Like, that he thought that the roar made the stampede happen. So, you can kind of understand where where that thought process I was process surprised lied. to hear people in that camp, because I thought it was very obvious. But when I heard a bunch of people be like, oh, I had no it idea that me, was it why. Took, it took me a few viewings to un, to truly understand that. But they're, they make it a little bit more clear, but it's not like tacked on either. It Because, because of how they sh- approach the roar itself... The, that's it's a character motivation. It's not just ca- tacked on. It's a character motivation for Simba. So I thought that was done well. And I thought the relationship between Simba and Mufasa was still handled well. That was something they could have easily just phoned in. And I still felt like there was a good connection between Mufasa and Simba. Like, that was probably one of the best connections in the movie besides Simba Timon and Pumbaa. She is furiously taking notes over there, so I, I know she's got things to disagree with me on later. Um, so I, I'm going to say this now. My personal opinion, because I'm sure I've got some things to disagree with you on later. Isn't it great, though? You know, we can disagree with each other. Oh, it's the best, babe. Keep going. I'm typing. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> so I thought that they did a, a good job. Or how about this? A good enough job. So, oh, Okay, and then there was one moment that I looked at you. I'm like, this is fucking powerful. Uh, when Sarabi is walking up through the hyenas to Scar at the top of Pride Rock. And I was like, I felt the power. You know that is the exact layout of the scene as it happens in the original. Yes. I still felt the power. There were, to not hit that on-ramp yet, there is still some, there were some moments that lost its impact in this version that did not lose any of its impact. I still felt its impact 100%. I was like, fuck, that was powerful. So, Billy Eichner, Seth Rogen, and John Oliver did really good jobs. Don Glover did about as good of a job he could have. The voice of Sarabi, who I'm pretty sure is the original voice of Sarabi, she still did a good job. All right, take the exit. They don't show any emotion, guys. They don't show any emotion. It's a glorified nature documentary. Oh, oh, I had to say it. I'm not going to spaz as hard as I did during Beauty of the Beast, so we are going to have a conversation about this. There is a point where clearly the director said, I care that the animals look realistic. And to make this movie happen, while still keeping them realistic, it is solely through the lifting effort of the voice actors. These animals don't do a dang thing to help their voice actors. There is 
no effort. The only effort they have is to make them move around, again, in unanimalistic ways, because it's shorthand for my, for a human audience that can say, oh, this is what they mean. Oh, this is what they mean. Yeah, primates to each other, like aping each other, seeing that in a mirror. Yeah. Exactly. This is this is nothing to do with the original source material and everything to do with its own thing. If your characters don't visually emote, you lose something. If that is the intent, if it's the intent, before we even get to the comparisons to the original, I don't understand why this went this way. It is an animated movie. And it's, at that point, a poorly animated movie. Because the great joy of animation is that you can show so much expression and character and emotion with just a few simple lines. You can do things you can't do in real life. But we seem to be artificially limiting ourselves to only showing things that can happen in real life with animation, a thing that can do absolutely anything. It feels very frustrating to a creative to see one of the biggest creative companies artificially block off a half of the world and say, "Mm, we can't touch that. It's not quote-unquote realistic. I have to agree but I still I I have to disagree, but to give your criticism even more fuel, there was still parts that weren't as good because the voice acting wasn't as good. Now, not to give the original as much credit as it needs to have, because the everyone talks about how great the original is. It, it's the best Disney movie. I always disagree the lion king was one of those movies that was groundbreaking was amazing lion king was what changed my mother's opinion that animated movies did have to be just for children yeah that's that's one point we always like to bring up that if it can change your mother's mind it for her to be able to say that about this movie is a big deal but at the same time she can still now appreciate all the other disney movies like beauty and the beast uh, little mermaid aladdin the original like the kind of the original the renaissance. Of these, the renaissance but everyone talks about how great the lion king is and how it was groundbreaking and how it's the best disney movie i still vehemently disagree because of the inherent flaws with the acting with the storytelling what makes it still stand 100% to this day is the animation. The animation is goddamn flawless. Mm-hmm. Especially remastered for like Blu-ray and shit like that. Like if you told me today and like tomorrow, hey, by the way, since we just want to watch that, I kind of want to get the Blu-ray. I'd be like, I've got the keys in my hand. So it's flawless. Do you remember the opening? Like, it's, yes. it's black. It's pitch black. And you hear these these quiet sounds of crickets and bugs. And it's, it's morning on the savannah. And it's complete darkness. And then the light hits the screen of the rising sun. And the music starts. And it's like, bam, we're here. Let's get going. This movie, for some reason, says, slow fade in on a savannah morning. You can see everything. It's all normal. Here's the skyline. Completely normal. Hold on that for about 10 seconds. Make sure everyone gets a good shot at it. Now hit it with the Asavenia. It's, yeah. and then like later on, we're, let's not get off on a tangent with it though. And later on in um, Can You Feel the Love Tonight, they say in twilight and it's in the freaking middle of the afternoon. Like, uh, guys. Words so, mean things. Yes. It's the same problem as Beauty and the Beast and the same problem as fucking Aladdin. 
You can't just words. say the words. Yeah. You cannot just say the lyrics and oh, guys, look, we're saying the li- we're singing the lyrics. The lyrics, we're singing the lyrics the with visuals, a pretty good singer. They but have to they have to work together. That's the point of it. You can't just say it's Twilight and be like, oh wait, no, it's not. Nope, it's so, the middle of the day. <laughs> uh, going back to my point with this though, the original had not only amazing visuals but had at least at the minimum halfway good voice acting at the worst with you could say probably Matthew Broderick decent voice acting or at the best I don't know who who are we going to say is the best voice actor from the original one uh, uh well we 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 have to say James Earl Jones James Earl Jones you could even say um Nathan Lane you could say oh god Jeremy Irons Jeremy Irons the, those are probably top Rowan tier. Atkinson Rowan Atkinson I would say I would put him yeah yeah it's but that's the thing is you could start piling it on cuz even er, uh, Ernie Samba who played uh uh Pumba I, I think that's his last name uh Pumba even he was pretty damn good but that was the because, hyenas Oh gosh! I would put them mid tier. No, they're fun. They're fun, but they're joke characters. In this one, they're still joke characters. I I would say no. I mean, there's one pair that make jokes, but they are terrifying. Yes, that's the thing. Is in like they still have the joke characters, the uh, Shinzi, Benzi, and ed but they don't have the ed character anymore or he's changed to be less of a <laughs> that kind of he's not just very clingy funny he likes to get really close he doesn't respect personal space this hyena it's it's really strange cool. yeah and then shinji is changed from the leader of just the three she's like the whole matriarch she's the whole matriarch of the pack which i think is kind of cool but changes the dynamic of the story a little bit but the voice acting does not fully hit that tier. Like how Matthew Broderick was good, but doesn't hit the tier of everyone else. Like the growls that you get from James Earl Jones. The, the absolute sometimes pant, pants shitting terror that uh, Jeremy Irons could give. And especially in the kill him. Like that's fucking terrifying for a kid. Like in the... The growl in his voice when he stretch out, long live the king. You knew something bad was about to fucking happen. No one reaches that tier. It'd be too, it'd be too animated, Aaron. We can't have that in this animated picture. Like Billy Eichner, John Oliver, and even Seth Rogen. Lord love them. They all try. Yeah. Donald Glover. Tries even the guy who plays Scar. Um, I'm, I'm going Should to wait. Thank you. Thank you. Um, he he's tries. been in a bunch of stuff. If you don't know him, he's in everything. So keep an eye on him. He is. Oh in- God, he's and he's been around for a while. He was in Serenity. He was in uh, Doctor Strange. But I don't no think one, a- no one hits now, even, that. Even tier. James Earl Jones doesn't get. No, and that's that's the saddest part is because these lines are almost beat for beat the exact same things that he did, and they're they don't have the impact. It is mind boggling to me the things they chose to expand on. You had an extra half an hour, as with all Disney movies, you tack on an extra half an hour. You could do anything with a half an hour. 
You could build up Simba and Nala's relationship after they get back together. You could build up more why Scar's leadership leads the entire uh, Pryland to get destroyed. And they do. It's told through dialogue, but they do explain it. You could expand a bunch of stuff, but they choose, for some inexplicable reason, to linger on the field mouse that Scar pretty much immediately catches in the original movie for like a minute, two minutes even, just it's scurrying around. And the entire time it just felt like the director was behind the screen whispering, I'm showing off, I'm showing off, I'm showing off. Look how real it looks. Look how real it looks. Don't you want to give us an Oscar? And we haven't even gotten to the dung beetle. Oh. Oh my goodness we haven't even gotten there we that's but that's but that's 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 the next point talking about expanding on things that did not need to be expanded upon to keep with realism i like john favreau yeah i like him good director i think he's a good director iron man one and iron man two were Iron Man 1 solid great movie perfect movie very good Iron Man 2 very solid movie I uh, uh Lion King or not Lion King sorry um Jungle Book I thought I you know I had my issues with it but overall was an interesting change to it I thought it was done decently Mr. Favreau John can I call you John I I feel like you would be someone I could call John John, why the fuck did you do this whole thing with his fur just to have... It gets shit out by a giraffe. It gets shit out by a giraffe. It's not fucking... It could have been knocked off and then kept flowing. It did not need to get picked up by a goddamn dung beetle and then scooted across for a little bit. It, it felt was like they were on... trying to subvert my expectations, but they subverted it into a pile of shit. <laughs> Literally. A literal ball of shit they subverted my expectations. You could do that with anything. But no. No, Rafiki can't use actual magic. No, no. He can't see things in the wind. Nah, that's too stupid. Let's yeah, have and... bugs carry the majority of our plot points. And, and then, like, oh, he can't just draw Simba because he's seen Simba. He has held Simba. No, the bugs have to draw Simba. The bugs draw Simba. And the bugs bring the fur back. And and the fur tells us nothing because it could have come from a dead corpse of a lion. So there. It's Rafiki. unfucking necessary This movie had a real problem with knowing what the script is and where it's going and thereby either rushing through... Or going too slow through key scenes. And the way I can tell they're doing that is with the music. The score is relatively unchanged. Relatively so. It's The original Hanna Savenya is pretty much the exact same. It it sounds sounds until you get to the actual singer. Yeah, the chanting sounds like pitch. Like, I don't... They probably ripped it, like... At this point, now we're playing the game of did they rip it from the original or did they get someone to sing it so good that you can't tell there's a difference? And if they did, then why? Yeah. And I'm to the point like, why didn't they just get the original singer or why didn't they just use the original one if they've already used part of the original? Because I I will give the singer of uh, the 
the remade song credit they tried their hardest but they just did not have the, the kind of power, umph, yeah. the power to, behind the voice yeah had to have a beyonce like just uh, belt it we'll get to beyonce later okay the reason i can tell the music and the video and the visuals are not playing with each other is because the score remains relatively unchanged but certain scenes are missing or added so what Rafiki, scenes what scenes are missing besides yeah, I'll tell you I, I'll tell you exactly where it went um so Rafiki is mucking around with Simba in the original and he's like please stop following me who are you the better question is who are you and he runs off after telling him that I knew your father he's like bye and runs like wait 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 stop stop he catches up to him where he's just meditating on a rock he's like you you knew him I know him follow me and then they go into the brush and it's because he's it's and it's building and there's voice chanting and it's eerie and creepy and he's falling through these bushes they get rid of half of that just have him run after this monkey into the jungle and so it's still a as he's running through this this creepy vine layer following this monkey and then all of a sudden jumps into that because like oh we gotta have that because that was in the original score because in the original like it had that great moment of um it's like hits him on the head he's like ow why'd you do that yes it's yes. like wh- what does it matter it's in the past and the then past he doesn't can hurt but the past can hurt well the way i see it you can either run from it or learn from it that's the best freaking message of this movie and they threw it away completely it's the what matters in this movie isn't owning up to your mistakes or facing your past but who your daddy was that's all that matters remember I am Simba, son of Mufasa. My bloodline is the most important thing. Not that I fricked up in the past and I need to own up to that. No, it's just that my daddy was king. So, and back like, I he, go. He owns up to it in front of everybody instead of kind of in the, in the, original, in the original one. He does, but he doesn't. He, Tell but him then, who's responsible for Mufasa's death. I am. I'm sorry. It was an accident. He Again, beat for beat for beat. Yeah, they, I feel like they do a little better in this one because they actually show that uh, Scar is the one that killed in like in front of everybody. They do say that. I mean, again. Yeah, but he says, I killed Mufasa. And then flashback, oh. no, murder. Yeah, yeah. Oh, can we take a step back, please? Yep. Okay. So going back to the weak voice acting, this child, and I'm fully recognizing that this is a child. This child who they picked to be young Simba, he did a good job I as the as, as the precocious like I'm going to be a king. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Perfect. Dad showed me, you know, like all right, you know, that kind of that oh, precocious. Was a sure, it's supposed yeah. to be. He did a good job with that. He did a good job singing when he was harmonizing with young Nala. But for some reason they made him Michael to, Jackson it up. Oh my god, they made him uh, freaking, uh, what's it? Falsetto. Falsetto, thank you. They make him freaking falsetto during, uh, uh, I'm gonna be, or sorry. Just can't wait to Just be can't king. wait. And I'm like, oh, honey, Yeah, their solutions no. seem to be, oh, we, we need to do something different with the music. Let's just have them all Shakira it up at random points. <laughs> well, that's what Beyonce would do. Uh, but... This 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 child who actually could sing, but they they didn't put it into the right register. Stop making the mute. Stop making the actors work 
to the wrong register for the music, make the music work to the register of your actors. Ah, but Aaron, we can't do that because then it wouldn't be like the original. And what are we doing God here? God damn it. It's like at this fucking point, it, obviously it's not fucking working because people, all other people are doing are complaining. So yeah, either saying, you hate it because it's different or, or you, you hate, hate it because it's you, the same. Yeah. But this, this poor child... He's trying. I, I, I fully, fully, fully recognize that he's trying. But one of my biggest complaints about this movie, and I'm, I might get flack over this, I started having an emotional connection whenever Mufasa is climbing up the side of the wall. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I am, I'm like, please, Mufasa, come on, you can do this. Yep. I'm knowing full well what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm like, come on, Mufasa, you got this, you got this. And then they focus on Simba climbing up, which was unnecessary, but okay, whatever. And then the half-assery of... Swiping at his face. Swiping at his face, and then... Him turning like, his balls. Like, long, all... long live the king, but it wasn't even long live the king. Yes, your majesty. It was, no, it was long live the king. It, it, it just was... wasn't delivered like Jeremy Irons, yeah. so it's instantly forgettable. <laughs> yeah. So it was not... And even his fall was a little half-assed. This poor child, and it's not his fault. He goes, no! Instead of when J. Jonathan Taylor Thomas in the original, he fucking screams for like a minute straight. Oh, it's the camera it work is, is doing nothing for it either. It's pulling back at a time where we should be immediate and close to the action. No, the in the original, it pulls back too. It goes, no! No, no, no. So, so Mufasa is down in the gorge, and he's going down to find him. And instead of following and tracking with Simba as he comes upon his dead father, it hangs back while Simba walks away from camera to this lump that I'm, we think I'm is talking, Mufasa. I'm talking about when Mufasa falls. I'm talking oh. about the no. Uh, I, we'll, we're not even to that point yet, sweetie. We are not to that point. <laughs> when I'm talking about when Mufasa falls off the wall. The iconic yeah. long... Pff, yeah. No! Like... J- JTT fucking screams for a minute and you feel the no it's m- more it's the most iconic no besides another James Earl Jones no you know it's more iconic than that he I feel every goddamn syllable I feel every ounce of Jonathan Taylor Thomas screaming no no offense too. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call, call, call my name, JD McCary. You know what, kid? I think you've got a bright future ahead of you. I, if you choose not to do acting, I still think you have a bright future ahead of you. But either you were not given enough to work with for that no, or you did not try hard enough on that no, because. I instantly was pulled out of that scene because I knew what was happening. I knew what was going on, and it was it. The impact was softened. It was like, oh, he, I mean, yeah, he cares, but I I could see frame for frame what was going on in the original, and the impact is so much bigger. Can we talk about that stampede? Oh my god. Fuck your realism, man! That's what I'm saying. Like, the stampede never felt like it took too long or that there was an unconscionable amount of wilderness. They were running at half speed! Everything They was... were not run- In the original... I, I, I'm gonna say that a hundred goddamn thousand times. In the original, it felt like a river of fucking 
animals. And in this, it's just like, it's like, and they don't even fill up the fucking thing. Now, I will admit, whenever it's uh, focused on Simba and all you see is hooves, it's scary. 100%. Or when it's focused on Mufasa trying to get to Simba, it's scary. But when it's a tracking shot or it's a shot from far away, it looks nothing like a stampede. It looks like a couple animals. It looks terrible. And then at the same time, you're wondering, one minute has passed. How many wildebeest do you think ran by? 200? 300? Probably all of them, right? Because it wouldn't be 2,000 wildebeest all standing at the top of the cliff. You just start counting the numbers in your head like, okay, so let's look at the realism of this scene of the logistics and such and such. So on for Let's bring realism into this fairy tale because that's what animation is. It's like, it's- I don't, like, I didn't care that there's probably only like 30 or 40 of these wildebeests. What I cared about was, as a viewer, what I cared about was the scene, was the emotional impact. Not whether if a wildebeest could run at a certain speed and whether or not that there was a certain number. It all felt so very slow. Just in the name of realism, it cuts tension. 100%. That tension was cut. Oh, it fucked with that scene. And that's the most impactful scene. You could have done anything with that camera. You you realize it was all in a computer, right? You you remember you when you go have down to do into shop that gorge. Shop you could have started from the top and rode a wildebeest back down into that gorge, but because it's realism, a wildebeest couldn't actually run down a but gorge. But no, that you're steep. gonna put it on fucking the fucking warthog's face oh, at one God. point. Oh, that- so many gags, just so many fart jokes and Okay. I mean, the original had a lot of fart jokes. Okay, too. are we are we suggesting that Timon and Pumbaa are fourth wall breakers and know they're in a Disney movie and are like the genie and omniscient? Because boy, do they do I, a lot of things like knowing what their signature song is and not stopping because they know they can get away with saying fart. Well, the original one had the fourth wall break too. Because like, of the realism in this movie, it feels more egregious and you cowards you cowards couldn't do the pyramid of animals could you and can't wait to be king couldn't do it you cowards afraid afraid it wouldn't look realistic to have a hippopotamus on top of an ostrich could you no cowards so let's go to the sponsor dome oh good okay so who are we sponsoring who is sponsoring us today Aaron? uh, who are we sponsoring oh i know uh, we are uh, uh, going to sponsor the original cast and crew who worked on the original Lion King. Because finally, in one of these freaking movies, in the credits, they bothered to say a thank you to Don Hahn and Patty and all the people who worked on the animators and the directors and all of them and say, you know what? Without your effort, we wouldn't be here. I You're mean, damn right. I mean, besides mostly casting white people and you know, making hyenas out to be bad guys and pretty much stealing the story of Hamlet and Kim of the White Lion, they made a really awesome movie. So Linda Wolverton, Don Hahn, like they they all deserve all the credit because they were the people who created most of the Disney Renaissance. So at least, even if they're not getting paid for all of their work, you know, at least, you know, we got to keep paying Hans Zimmer for some reason to score an already scored movie. Good job, Han. Well, they said just. It, I thought it said original score was done by. Hans yeah, but Zimmer. then, but then composed by Hans Zimmer came right after the uh, Tim Rice and Elton John credits. Oh Lord. Okay, <laughs> so today's show is brought to you by Audible. 
Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash idea to get started. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. Now, today's selection, this week's selection is uh, something I just referenced. We are re- are suggesting Hamlet. Uh, now, there are many versions of Hamlet on Audible, including uh, Hamlet abridged. Well, I'm sorry, not abridged. Uh, Cliff Notes. <laughs> so if you really wanted to If The know Lion what King Ham- was still, you know, just too long for you to comprehend, here's the Cliff Notes version. Wait, what? Hanel? Uh, so there are a lot of greats. I'm interested in that dramatized. Sorry, I know that's I screwed it up. No, there's a lot of versions of them out there. Just the idea that Audible does dramatized editions. Yeah, because there's pretty cool. The 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 first two results is Hamlet fully dramatized audio edition. None of us can say that word. Thank you. Narrated by a full cast, so it's a full cast production. and it's only three hours. The thing However, the unabridged, dramatized, commentary options version is 11 hours. So... Shakespeare is meant to be performed. So I'm glad that Audible understands that. Something a lot of English teachers don't. Or they try to. It's really hard to get a bunch of 10th graders to care. But uh, a good way to do that, a good way to learn more about the play that you might be studying, is to listen to a cast actually act it out. I know it's sometimes it's hard for to get especially like high schoolers involved in that, um, but it's it's honestly it's very helpful. Um, the the best version of any Shakespeare honestly is not the Cliff Notes, but it's the um, crap. It's the oh I know what you mean. You open up the page and all of Shakespeare's words are on the left page, and on the right page it's a translation, if you will, something that makes it a bit more easy to understand. Kind of like if you have a reader Bible, and at the bottom it's like, so this scripture is actually talking about this. That's what this one is. It takes each passion, say, okay, so what's going on here is Hamlet is comparing the uh, tragedy of losing a father to yeah, the tragedy of his country overall. And it, it gives an ex- explanation, but it also says like, you know, I once sat upon a promontory. I once sat upon a big rock. <laughs> uh in you know, utter, and heard a mermaid utter such sweet dulcet, and I heard a mermaid sing really nicely. So it kind of it. What happens is you still want they most of the time a teacher or a even a drama teacher wants you to know and either recite or understand the Shakespeare part. But it, this a lot of times will give you a real. Uh, layman's terms for what's going on and sometimes they'll even explain like hey you know a kind of a not a hidden thing but what they're the point they're trying to get across is this is what you know like it's, it's cliff notes but it's also it breaks down the the actual message or the uh the actual text itself into a more modern version of english which it's almost like a dub and sub in uh anime which sometimes people look down on it and they say you need to read the whole thing and then you can look at that. Like, you have to know the rules before you can break them. But honestly, I wouldn't have understand understood uh, Midsummer's Night Dream as well as I did or as do without that. So that's what I would uh, 
suggest if you can find a version of it out there. We went in a theater tirade right there. Theater kid for life. I don't All know. Right. If, I don't know if the audio will actually record me thumping my chest. Probably. At least I understand now why. Scar thought that Simba was Mufasa because all the lions look alike. Oh my god! Especially the lionesses, because at one point a lioness is walking by, and I'm like, "Is that Nala or no, Sarabi or like exactly, exactly?" You you lose all your characterization. Scar, you know, because he's mangled up. But even then, when he's fighting Simba on top of that rock, I didn't know who was who. It it was hard to tell the difference at some points. And the there at the end, uh, Simba is like nuzzling, and I'm like, man, he's nuzzling his mom a lot. And then he and then he like butts heads with his mom. I'm like, oh no, that's his mom. I think. No, see, I don't know who like, was he saying hi to. It's, it they was, both look the same. I'm like, oh, man, this is. They did a lot considering that lions are all brown. Is for the original is what I'm saying. They did a lot to make it look like they all had individual characteristics. Uh, and there, there were some really sweet moments. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so I had two emotional reactions. One, Mufasa's death because fuck. And well, that I mean, th- that's hard to fuck up. They still fucked it up, but not completely. The the far away shot at the beginning, like instead of like closing in, even like a slow zoom would have been better than nothing. Come on, John. Better than nothing. And they start the shot, or they start this scene where he goes up to his dad, and you just stand. They just there. It's a it's a mid it's a mid range shot, and I'm like, and lions why? can't cry, so what are you gonna do? Yeah, and, and it's just like, dad, dad, and it's like that is the most heartbreaking. This child is shot. weeping in the booth. I can tell, and nothing on the screen. Nothing, and it's these just they just he just looks. Bored. He's just yep. like like an like dad, an animal. Just dad. Come on, dad. Animals don't show emotions the way that humans do. So good job on your realism. So that was one emotional reaction. He did. St- I still there was still an emotional reaction to the scene. I still felt sad. It was not the absolute gut punch and rip out like the original. It was playing most all of the good moments in this were cashing in on your remembrance of the original film. I was. I, there was a screen in front of my eyes every time a shot-for-shot scene happened where the animated, the good animated version, descended in front of them. And I'm like, I remember the lines. I remember that look that she gives him. Oh, that was good. And they swing into the water. Oh, how funny. And I'm just playing the original in my head as this movie's going on. Yeah, the projector screen lowered. And I'm like, my rose-colored glasses are kicking in. I remember these things. There is. The other emotional reaction I had is something that was not in the original and actually did a good job. So I, I, it's going to be one of two to three things. So I'm honestly curious. Okay, very beginning, Rafiki comes through oh. with some reason without his staff because his staff is an old friend that he just now decides to bust out because something different. Because cool. reasons. Because reasons. Because we're remaking it. He comes up and he goes up to Mufasa. And in the animated version, they hug because they're like friends. I'm like, it's, it's fun. It's nice and cute. Um, in the new movie... He touches his nose and rubs, like, one finger up the center of his face. And I'm like, there's just something really, like, cool about that. Because you know they couldn't hug because it's not realistic. So what are they going to do? Well, the primate would touch because it has hands and fingers. So yeah, it would touch them in that way. And that one, it was the first, first, it was the very first different shot there was in the entire movie. So I'm like, oh, it's different. That's nice. 
And then at the end of the movie, he does the same thing for Simba. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that nice? Isn't that, isn't that nice? So uh. that like is is the stupidest, tiniest little change. And yet I had an emotional, like, little tear-welling gut punch. Like, oh, like his dad. Oh. I, I got to say probably the one gut punch change was during uh, uh, Kuna Matata when they showed... Pumbaa as a young warthog. <gasps> Little baby. Oh my god! Little baby Pumbaa! And then it sits down in the water, and then the frog jumps out and dies. <laughs> but he was such a cute little warthog. It was the cutest little thing. Boy, they all looked real fluffy. I wanted to hold every one of those little baby animals. Oh my god, I didn't know baby warthogs would go you. They were so cute. So, so cute. Small. Uh, it was... I mean, th- that's the thing. is That's... When it was just the animals, it was boring because it just looked like realistic animals. But then when they were talking, you were like, oh, okay, it's kind of fun. But it's not as fun as it could be because it's not cartoony at all. It's not it – do, it's it's either stuck in Uncanny Valley, but it never got to Uncanny Valley, which is nice. But then it got – but it, it, it kept butting its head up against this wall. No, this was National Geographic meets the – Glenn Close 101 Dalmatians. They're real dogs, and boy, they're really there, but they don't look invested at all in the situation that they are carrying out, and at least they have the common decency to not let them talk. That would have been, that would have been it. Do that, do the whole new Lion King movie, they don't talk. If you really want to make a nature documentary, the animals are all realistic. So what do you do? Do you have, like, them? Nope. So do you have, like, a spirit? Nope. The 101 Dalmatians, they didn't have any narration for those dogs. Well, no, but they had human characters, so they had things going on. So you, you just have, like, a Cimarron Spirit of the Wild, where you have, like, a narration, or... No, everyone knows the story. You don't have to use words. We all know what we're here for. It would be... It would be a drastic change. I don't know if it would if it would go over well, but it would be. It wouldn't because you couldn't attach Beyonce. I mean, to it, it would be like saying Mulan knew how to fight before she went off to the the thing, and that she had a sister, and that she was quiet and didn't out speak her mind, and wasn't actually didn't actually have a personality before, and that you know she actually didn't cut her hair, and she looked womanistic in the fucking battle camp, and. And she's fighting people. Relate to the party, guys. We hadn't seen the Mulan trailer oh until today. Oh my fucking god! No songs. Can't have any songs in it. I, you know, you know, I was like, that's fine. At first, at first, I was like, you know, I'm okay with Be that. Be bold, sure. Be bold, sure. And then I saw the trailer. Well, it looks like the Great Wall is what it looks like. <laughs> the Great Wall without you with know Matt Damon with, without being whitewashed without being whitewashed. I and I and in truth be told, if this wasn't Mulan, this would look like a good movie. You know, okay, we're we're getting close to the end. We have talked forever, and we, we're probably just gonna get angry more and more and more. I think we should turn to a slight sense of optimism. I think we can be a little optimistic here because we can talk on and on about how they're too realistic and there's no emotion, how the voice acting is doing the, all the heavy lifting. But we can talk th- that's about the how problem is it doesn't ta- do that much heavy lifting. We can talk about how all the color palettes are muted and therefore you don't have any of the bright, beautiful colors of the even, original. Even in like their like their paradise, it still is like Mute, it doesn't greens. it doesn't look that much different than the Pride Lands. Yeah, we can talk about all these sorts of things, but I think. 
we can deserve to be a little bold here. Let's put the money where the mouth is. If you had to pick a Disney movie to remake, which one would it be live action? Because I've got one. I've got one locked and loaded in the chamber. I would kill for it. Mm. Well, can I ask you one question before we do this actual Think question? it over, yes, and ask me your question. Okay. Um, what do you think about that change before we actually say it i want to know your opinion and what do you mean by that change oh, Aaron? you know exactly what change i'm talking about again if timon and pumbaa are self-aware then they can reference any number of disney properties why stop here is that what you're is that the point you were trying to get to uh no. Um, Originally, uh, whenever you brought that up. Because in the original movie, like, he goes, he song, Pumba, uh, not in front of the kids. Oh, no. Because he, he, they, they address the audience. Oh, yeah. They, they go, Puma, not in front of the kids. And he looks at the freaking camera. And, and even Puma goes, sorry. In, oh, okay. Into the camera. Sorry, I did get a laugh out of this movie. They're saying, live bait. That's, that's a good idea. We just need something... Big and, and and plump and 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 all no, three, they, and all they three already, of their heads all turn simultaneously to look at him and I'm like that would never happen in real life and that's why it's funny because it's got comedic timing. It was already, but that was the thing is they were already looking at him and he was just talking and he's like, just the blank stares. It was perfect, 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 perfect. Deadpan it all the way. Why are you looking at me? Like <laughs> that that was a genuinely I chuckled. Added funny moment. And that was the thing. It was like some of them, some of the added moments. John Oliver, anytime he ad-libbed, was great. Because John Oliver. But Billy Eichner, like, was annoying at first, and then he wasn't. And then it was like Seth Rogen would, like, played the dumb character too much and then he didn't oh, okay. it was like that me when they else. started it was too much and then it wasn't it was weird okay so in this one timon and pumbaa come off way more as when you're dead you're dead and nothing we do matters to anyone else hakuna matana is all about that but they take it farther and say what i do doesn't affect anyone else therefore i can do whatever i want yeah and it's funny but it's funny that they say that and they're literally, I, 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 it's a, it's a direct. I mean, they're doing it on purpose, but they're saying it as Pumbaa is literally like trying to get his own, you know, food, but he's making a big enough hole to let more food come out for other people to eat too. Yeah, and, they're they're nihilists, but they're, there's play acting as nihilists. They're not actually that doom and gloom. They're just like, they're they're posers. Anyway, yeah. No, um, not <laughs> not the point. Uh. And the other uh, thing they decide to add, that Simba is constantly, again and again, throughout his childhood and growing up, um, he's told that his ideas are worthless and that he is a nobody and that he couldn't be king. He's nothing like his father. And Scar, actually, that's a change that's kind of interesting. Again, it's kind of like giving the Grinch a tragic backstory. It's weird. I mean, you're trying to address something that affects children today so cool, but also weird way about it so this one is say it what are you who are you instead of saying i'm simba he's like I i'm nobody which is what he's been saying before all along i couldn't be king i'm nobody no one would understand i'm terrible no one would want me and again lots of kids deal with these feelings of inadequacy but weird flex to make it in the middle of this movie where the with the correct thing would be to live up to your mistakes and learn from them which is why they cut I, that whole I, scene out. I, it's not I'm about that anymore. Who, like, who are you? I am someone that made a mistake, and I'm owning up to it. Yeah. Boom. 
problem solved, thing, uh, you know, issue solved. There you go. Yeah. Now, the original has its own faults. That's why I don't think it's such a classic either, because they he owns up to his mistakes, and then they are going to kill him for it until he finds out, oh, no, actually, wait, it wasn't my fault. I get to blame someone else. But he was going to die, and the lionesses were going to let him die for owning up to his mistakes. So it really taught kids, never reveal your mistakes. Keep them hidden away deep down. Don't ever tell anyone you did put anything down wrong. Put the deepest part of your stomach, you and then whenever it? you make another th- mistake, you put that in your stomach down further. So... Okay, we are are done now. (laughs) I want to know what you thought about that change. I don't know what change you're talking about. I already referenced it. When they say that line when they're trying to distract. I told you. Not that line. Yeah, if they can reference other Disney properties, then they're omniscient. Then say it. Funny, Disney, you own Beauty and the Beast, so have your Lion King characters sing Be Our Guest Bullshit. You had a much stronger reaction in the theater. Oh, I gave him the bird. I flipped him the bird is what I did in the theater. I couldn't scream. There were no children there, but I still didn't want to scream. So I just flipped him the bird like, fuck you. You own everything. Like, good job. Bravo. You didn't think it was a a subversion of expectations? Absolutely not. You didn't think it was funny? You didn't think that it was clever? You didn't think it was stupid? I mean, like. No, it was was stupid. That's why I flipped on the bird. Okay. That was a cheap shot. Dumb as bricks. Like, it's only. It's only. It only works if you're a Disney fan. You if could you're have not, referenced a Katy Perry song for all I care, and that would have been better than doing freaking BR. I don't I guess. think so. <laughs> I really, really don't think so. That would that you talk about taking the realism out of it. Oh, and it's very much like Avengers. Stop. It's very much like B R. Ah. You know what have been like? You'd have oh, to pay royalties. You know, you know what would have been better? Oh my God! You know what would have been better? What is uh, if uh, like you just hear? Can you feel the love? And they just kind of like come up and they're like looking at them and they're like and they're like singing to each other and like that would really play with expectations. Or if and they like, were a wimbawaying, like if they just oh okay, can we talk about that that addition of the wimbaway, like the fun like like where all the animals join him that was fun and a good addition and you didn't know Nala was coming that literally was a oh surprise. my god I was like what the fuck and she just jumped right in like oh I, I forgot could, we were waiting yeah, for her yeah I was like hey yeah I'm the one. this is nice I'm, that was a jump scare yeah good god uh, but yeah, that was um, that was a nice addition. But yeah, they could have a Wimbaway, or they could have Can You for the Love tonight. Fuck, they could have done Circle of Life. But yeah, it it was stupid. I thought it was a funny stupid, but it was stupid. So. Nah, they've ruined me on B on Beauty and the Beast. You can't they've just... ruined you on recent Beauty. And the yeah, Beast, on recent so. Beauty and the Beast. So, all right. I I don't know if I can think of one that I you would You absolutely think. know one. There's a couple, but I mean like if you if you know which one I would suggest. Oh, I think you're probably going to agree with me. Okay, well, you go ahead and say yours. I might think of mine afterwards. All right. So we already have gone through the Disney Renaissance. Um please don't do Pocahontas. Please. Please fuck please, don't do please, Pocahontas. Please, 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 please cuz it'll just be Avatar again. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's already been done. It's, already been, it's, it's been done. Please don't do Hunchback. For the they're, already, they're already looking at doing yeah, it. Yeah, he's part of the Dark Universe or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was one of the original movie Sanctuary. Yeah. Some, okay. Oh, we saw the Cats trailer in the big screen. And that was oh, terrifying. Oh, God, it was worse. 
Oh, it was worse. We're stalling. Okay. Memories. Look at my memories. They they just they move on naturally. Uh, You put your hands too high, babe. Cat's memories are like all the way down here in the stomach. Not in this movie. Not in this one. Not this movie. They got hips. Okay. They got boobs. I've always said that the best movie to remake is one that did not do well. Do not remake a classic. Remake something that just did not land the first time. Something that has a chance now, now that you've learned from your mistakes and you can address it better. Do something that makes sense for a human, live action, and CGI. I'll brawl them up. Do something where you can do something fun and clever and different than you did with the original because the original wasn't perfect, so time to fix it. I'm talking about a live action Hercules. Okay, I straight up thought you were about to suggest Treasure Planet. So nah, boo. I just want a sequel to Treasure your Planet. Thesis. Oh, I, uh, yeah, last little fuck you that Disney gave me. Actually, the very first fuck you they gave me. The little Disney logo starts rolling. And you know how they change the Disney logo every time to reflect what movie they're going to play? Like, oh, it's London, so there's Big Ben. Or, oh, it's Maleficent, so here's a different looking castle. These motherfuckers have the gall to give us a 2D animated Disney Castle opening. Or 3D that looks like 2D yeah. like they did with Paper Man, which is just... <laughs> Thank you for showing me what we could have done. Thank you for showing me where we could be putting our money. Fuck you. Oh, God, that made me angry. Okay. okay. Explain your Hercules. thesis because I... I'm I'm fully thrown. Like I am surprised that you're saying Hercules. Okay, so Hercules did not perform well at the box office, that, which is strange because I thought that that's part of the Renaissance. It mm, how mm, how to say this? It is not included with Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, Lion King, Hunchback. Those it is not part of that. Not at all. Um, there's a lot of reasons to do that. Personally, I like the different art look and direction that they use. The guy who uh, designed all the stuff for the wall, Pink Floyd's The Wall, he was the guy they got in to do the concept art and that's why it looks different and curly and sharp and spiky and weird Uh cool like it thank you the problem was it had to be everything it had to be commercially viable and it had to deal funny disney jokes while still doing a serious story which is why there's this tonal yo-yoing problem to borrow a term from Lindsay ellis where literally hercules is up in olympus beating up the gods and uh and pegasus is just batting around the demons and he sucks all the titans up into a volcano and throws them into the sun and they explode he's high-fiving zeus like yeah woo woo and then something's like hades is like oh yeah by the way your girlfriend's dying back on earth he's like oh my god i totally forgot that my girlfriend was dying and he flies back down where she just dies which is dark so there was so many problems with all of this that i would love to see a live action remake that addresses the problems of um hades and hercules not knowing each other at all until the very end so they have no reason to build up any sort of anonymity or final conflict um the stupid ticking clock of the planets aligning which is arbitrary to restructure the three-act structure that it's going on and give it something with a bit more purpose have something that looks like ancient greece have some cool remakes of the hydra and the different monsters just greek myth resurgence is really in right now and i would love to see someone come in and say you know what let's try this story again because meg is fantastic and deserves better hades is fantastic and deserves better even hercules you know he's just a nice 
farm boy, but he's supposed to be Superman, so I get why he's just this nice boy. So it'd be nice to have that too. There's there's all these problems with the original movie, and I'd love for a new one to come in and say, here's how we can sort it out. Let's look at where we went wrong, restructure, give us a movie that would look great to be live action because we've already seen a bunch of people do Greek mythology already. Let's let Disney try it and try something a little different. Um, I, I can see people trying that. Um, the problem, the, uh, I can see some small problems, uh, right now, like how they did Lion King basically shot for shot. Um, how they did Beauty and the Beast basically shot for shot. Um, you know, some of these have been shot for shot and I would see Hercules almost, they would, I could see someone trying to do almost shot for shot. Aladdin wasn't shot for shot. But it was close. Yeah, I want more of an Aladdin treatment where they say, here's the original, but let's branch out. Let's feel the space that we're in because you can't do the fast stuff. Lion King proved it. You can't do fast animation in a realistic setting. So the humor has to come from the delivery of the dialogue, which is where I think Hercules really excels because of its villain and because of its female love interest. Yeah, and that's the thing too because um, Hercules, the better jokes, the better stuff I can remember – comes from the 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 act the, the some of the visual jokes but a lot more of the audio jokes um but i, I mean I, I could see it working i can see um almost like a superman you know farm boy like excuse me ma'am uh, how you doing ma'am exactly uh, let, me, let me help you out there ma'am you know i i in a sassy you know city girl with meg megra um i could see that working However, there's one way it would probably completely fail. They would get big name actors to fill in the roles? Not even so much that. How's it No fail? one's going to be able to do Hades like James Woods. Unless, unless, unless they get James Woods to come back, even though he's an asshole now. He's an asshole, Aaron. He's a total fucking asshole We can't asshole allow now. him to be a part of this. Unless he comes back, he loves that role so much, he would come back. Because he has done that role every, every single. single time, including the Kingdom Hearts, including House of Fucking Mouse. Yeah. He would come back. He loves that role. And he would do, like, visual makeup, or he would do some sort of... Uh, Don't you want to see a guy whose head is literally always on fire? Don't you want to see that? I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I mean, I've played Kingdom Hearts, so I've technically I've already seen it. So I've already seen like the 3D. So I mean, that would be really cool. But at the same time, you're not gonna find someone who's that physically imposing. But that's saying that you go in that like where it's way more along that line. So what I'm saying is like I can see someone doing that. But more than likely, if you if someone if you were to go to Disney like, hey, I want a live action remake of Hercules. They're like, okay, cool. Here's a shot for shot remake of Hercules. I don't think they could get That's away with it. That's not what I wanted. I don't think they could get away with that with Hercules. We didn't think they could get away with a live-action remake of Lion King that was shot for shot. All it is is 3D rendered. Fair enough. And here we go. And here Fair we enough. are. All right. Well, we're trying to be positive here. We're trying to say if we could do it better. So tell me, Aaron, what Disney movie would you remake? A live-action remake of a animated movie. But yeah, if you get working on the Treasure Planet sequel, that'd be great things. See, that's the thing. It's 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 hard because they've already made a few. They've made Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland. Al- <sighs> 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 
Little that should have killed it. That 100% should have killed it. Tim Burton in his... Tim Burton couldn't make Alice in Wonderland work, and he that should have been a dream come true. It should have, and he fucked it up, and he's... No, no, I'm sorry. I like Tim Burton to a ex- further extent than most. Tim Burton is, has vision that a lot of people don't. Tim Burton doesn't have to be the perfect person for Alice in Wonderland because we got an Alice in Wonderland that wasn't Tim Burton. Someone who just that has a weird vision needs to approach it. Hell, Takiti Watiti could probably have done Alice in Wonderland better. I like that. Can you idea. imagine like an 80s style Alice in Wonderland? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Tripping. You know what? Fuck it. There's my answer. <laughs> Takiti Watiti, please make an 80s version of Alice in Wonderland so we don't have to keep up with this schlock that was Tim Burton. I'm imagining Alice falling down as Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds plays backwards. (laughs) See? That's better than the shit that we got! But I mean, I'll give it one thing. It wasn't Alice. It a, wasn't shot for shot. Remake. It definitely was not. It definitely was not. But it wasn't Alice in Wonderland either. It was fucking weird. Well, Aaron, perhaps we are the problem. Perhaps the fans are the problem. Perhaps the nostalgia crowd is the reason why these things keep so, happening. Here's why you're right, and here's why you're wrong. And I don't want to say you're wrong. Marriage the idea. Marriage the idea. Here's why you're right. Because, yes, we are the problem. We're the people that say, oh, you're rem- you're remastering these video games. Well, I'm going to give you money so I can have the basically the same exact video game again so I can replay the exact same thing again and not go play some an indie developer who makes amazing games. But here's why you're wrong. I really don't like saying that you're wrong. We are asking not for the exact same thing. We are asking for better. We are asking for what we had as our childhood, but better. We are asking for the Lion, what, what the Lion King brought. We are asking for that level of quality. We are not asking for the Lion King again. Again. And it's not the Lion King again. It's the Lion King and it's a Lion King half. It's not even Lion King one and a half. It's Lion King half. And that's a funny ass joke. You better laugh. Ha. Thank you. We're not asking for Beauty and the Beast or Beauty and Beastly. Or and Beast. Yeah, that's a good one. Beauty and Beastly. We're not asking for Aladdin. We're not asking for Cinderella-ish. We're asking for this better. Because we've recognized that the originals have flaws. We're recognizing that, you know what? These things that we grew up with, that we hold near and dear to our hearts, aren't fucking perfect. So we're asking for things to be made better. Give us a movie where we empathize with a talking tree. Give See? Us, give us Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't know what the hell Guardians of the Galaxy was. But bless that's, it if it's awesome. That's why... Give me fu- That's Thor. why DC is Thor failing. With Jane Foster. Give me that. Th- that's why DC is failing because they are all... Oh, here's Marvel. No, we want Batman better. We want Superman better. Well, here's Superman killing. No... 
you're not understanding. We want Superman better. Wonder Woman better? Yes, more of this. Suicide, worse. No, bad, bad. Burning fire. Justice League, worse. No, very bad. Shazam? Shazam better? Yes. When you make your protagonists different than what they were, you are compelled to tell different stories. Wonder Woman's story will always be different than Superman's, even though they have identical powers. will always be different. Shazam's story will always be different than any other superhero story because it's a kid learning the importance of family. It's a different story. So if you're going to do something again... I don't even know if that was again, the original... I never read the comics, but I don't even know if that was the original intent. But yeah. how they approached it was good. If you make your protagonist a kid in the foster parent system, then yeah, he's going to have... That's his story. You learn your story based on who you get. So when Thor is Jane Foster, it's going to be a different story than Thor has been before. Good. Good. Different. Let's grow. Let's improve. Let's not just tell the same Thor story over and over I again. I want to see Moana. Yeah. When I first heard about Moana not being a musical, I'm like, oh, finally, the live action remakes are doing something good. Mulan would have been cool if it was a sequel. Like, literally, it was a live action sequel. Like, literally start up, like, <laughs> her being at home, like, just with Shang, like, courting, and then suddenly realizing, wait a minute. I freaking saved the country. I'm going to go start an extraordinary league of women badass ninjas, and we're going to go take you the city. You mean like the League of Shadows? Like, I seriously, like, make her Talia al Ghul and make her just <laughs> ball out and be like the first openly female army. Like, just go farther, further. Go. Don't make them fit back into the same box you already made. You've all, what you did originally is you took this box of expectations that you put yourself into and you were you said, you know what? We need to open this box, we need to flatten it down, and we need to put it aside and never get back into it. And you grew because of it as a company, and you grew us as consumers, as people who thought we understood what people could be on the inside thanks to Beauty and the Beast. We understood that people could be more than what they were originally thanks to Aladdin. You brought that in of us. And now you dusted off that box and you said, you know what? Let's shove ourselves back into that box and shove ourselves so far back into it, we'll shove our heads up our own asses. You can put in as many extraneous plot threads as you want. You can put in the plot thread that um, Scar is uh, take more for myself, take more for me, and screw future consequences. More is more. Make it a capitalist story. Sure, whatever. You can throw in Timon and Pumbaa being nihilists. But at the end, none of those are in service to the plot that you're trying to tell the story. So it's all just extraneous fluff. Make it so the servants are actually turning into inanimate objects in Beauty and the Beast and raise the stakes even higher. Doesn't go in service of the original plot that you're trying to tell, which is a love story. It's, if you want to tell the story again, you got to play by the rules you, of the story. You have to have the foundation down pat before you can change anything else. You have to know the rules and understand the rules before you can break them. It feels like they kept to all their own rules. Not a, they, they didn't even keep their own their own rules. They were like, they were like, okay, here's ten rules. Let's keep five of them, if that many. 
I'm disappointed. This this is the, my feelings with these live action remakes. It was exactly as terrible as I'd assumed it would be. And I was really looking forward to a movie finally like being, you know what? I have something different I can I, do here. My expectation, I will admit my expectations were lower. Because shot of how, for shot, my dude. It was shot for shot. I was expecting worse. I was, ex- because of people's reactions. I was expecting worse. I should, it's just heartless. It's, it's soulless. It's... That's a great way. It's soulless. The original, it had, all the originals it's wearing have all the pre trappings. It's wearing all the pre trappings of the original, but there's no soul behind it. Those movies are so good that people paid money and played hours upon hours upon hours of a video game that the plot cannot be wrapped up in a Cliff Notes version in more than three hours. I am not exaggerating. People love these characters. They're going to want to see him again and again. But until Disney realizes that there are different ways to do that than just retread or... Direct to DVCs. Until they get, come across that, I don't know what they're supposed to do here. I, I don't feel like they're making art. They're not. And Nostalgia Critic, you brought up Lindsay Ellis. I bring up Nostalgia Critic. He recently had a video of why are they making these movies... And it might be simply because they're it's their money maker. Their right money now. makers. It's besides the Marvel movies. It's and, easy to make money when you're doing the exact same thing again, and you know people want it. And and it it hurts. It 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 hurts deep. And it it it's it's like saying it's it's like taking my original. Um, love of Archie and turning it into a teen drama. Oh, fucking wait. Now, Aaron, you've never actually seen it, so you can say all the things you want to about it, but you've never seen it. I'll never watch a goddamn episode. They turned Sabrina dark. Apparently, that's looking good, too. And I hate that idea. That I have 100% less issue. Well, you grew up with Archie. I grew up with Sabrina, and that ain't Sabrina. Well, did you grow up with the TV show? TV show, okay. Sabrina. The TV show was not that close to the actual comics. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll be the first to say that the Archie comics were dumb. <laughs> they were sometimes a six-panel long one-liner joke. <laughs> or sometimes... Full issue long one-liner jokes. Jughead's always hungry. Jughead's always hungry. Archie's clumsy and likes to hit on girls and can't decide between two very hot girls. Though one is super selfish and the other one would literally do anything for him. Yeah, it's almost like he just views them as objects and not individual people. Uh, You know, I'm going to give my boy Archie some credit. No, he's he's actually very forward-thinking. He does not treat them as just objects. He is still oh, well, then backwards. He's, then and he's just thinks, cruel. Okay. Oh, God, yeah. Well, I mean, it's... <laughs> he's just cruel. He's, he's just stringing both these poor women along. He's just he's yeah. just a, a terrible human being. Well, and he also strings along the but cherry blossom, But boy, is he too. a feminist, but he's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can be a terrible person and still be a feminist, so... Can you, though? Yeah, you can be, you can be a Christian and be liberal-leaning. Can you, though? Yep. <laughs> It's called being a walking, ironic person. There was another word I was going to go for. Can but can... we, uh, walking contradiction is what Thank you're thinking you. of. Thank you so much. And uh, I don't know, could we actually do a podcast that's under the length of the movie that we are talking about? Uh, this one is. Could we though? Uh, is it though? Is it though? 
Thank you guys so much for sticking with us through this, this uh, not only this episode, but this summer of Disney. Though tonight was tougher, we have enjoyed it. We are looking forward to maybe a sequel later on down the road. <laughs> Bless, if you want to, go right It probably ahead. won't be a summer of Disney. It might be a month of Disney. Huh. Um, but, of course, we have some plans uh, for later on in the year. Uh, Liz specifically has. Uh, I picked the theme. She picked a theme of a, a a month coming up soon. So for putting me through that, I deserve it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> um, but thank you guys again so much. Be sure to go to the Patreon and support us, and check out Audible if you have any ideas. We're always excited to hear from them, and we will be going to Dragon Con. Um, this will be coming out the week before. Uh, Dragon Con. Uh, so if you uh, are not local to where we live and will be in Dragon Con area, uh, be sure to maybe check us out. We've got some fun panels that we're going to be going to. We are not no, a part Aaron, of any Aaron, panels. you're not being fair. There's 20,000 people at this convention. They will not find us. No, God, we no. We will okay, fade into the woodwork. You will never see us coming. We were never here. We were never here, but... <laughs> was, you, that a, was that a Mandarin reference just now? <laughs> but you shouldn't... You never see, see me coming. coming, but you should go to Dragon Kong because it's a lot of fun. All right. Unless it's your first con. Don't do it if it's Don't your first. Don't do it if it's your first con. God, no. So... You wouldn't cook filet mignon for your first meal in your kitchen. <laughs> Thankfully, putting a close on the end of Summer of Disney, she's been Elizabeth. He's been Aaron. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea.